Startup Fundraising Instruments SAFES Welcome to Startup Mindset, your go-to source for legal and fundraising tips for early-stage startups. I'm your host, Christina Subotina, corporate lawyer turned venture investor. For the past seven-plus years, I have been a corporate lawyer representing startups and venture funds throughout their life cycle. This includes formation, financings, day-to-day business operations, and exits. I've worked both at Cooley and two venture-backed startups as their first legal counsel. I've represented over 100 startups, most of which are in the early stage, and nearly all have raised venture funds at some point. One of the most popular instruments for raising venture funds is SAFES, Simple Agreements for Future Equity. SAFES are often preferred for both pre-seed and even seed rounds of financing due to their affordability and speed of execution. First question is, what is a SAFE? A SAFE, or Simple Agreement for Future Equity, is a term introduced by Y Combinator in 2013. It is a concise, open-source financial instrument that grants an investor the right to receive equity at a future date. This occurs when the company decides to sell shares of preferred stock in a priced equity round. At that point, the SAFEs convert automatically and SAFE holders become stockholders. So it's important to remember that SAFEs are not shares. They are rather instruments that convert into shares in the future. When does a SAFE convert into equity? As I just mentioned, primarily SAFEs convert into preferred stock during a future equity financing round of the company. The terms of that conversion could include a conversion price discount or a conversion price cap. Sometimes there are both, depending on the form of the SAFE. Some SAFEs do not include a discount or cap, but have a most favored nation clause, allowing the SAFE to adopt the terms of other convertible instruments that the company issues in the future. If a startup doesn't undergo an equity round, the SAFE doesn't convert until the company is acquired, merges with another company, or third option goes public. If these situations, known as liquidity events, SAFE holders will either receive the greater of their investment, basically they get the investment back, or the amount payable on the number of shares of common stock based on the valuation cap or discount. So SAFEs essentially convert into common stock with a discount or under evaluation cap. Lastly, in the event of a dissolution event where the company goes bankrupt and there is leftover money, SAFE holders receive their money back after creditors are paid on par with other investors. Now let's talk about types of safes. The main two types are pre-money versus post-money safe. So in 2013, YC introduced the original pre-money safe to replace convertible notes. Initially, this pre-money safe was intended as a short-term breach to priced preferred stock rounds. However, startups began using them as independent seed rounds. 
The issue with pre-money saves is that it's challenging to calculate the ownership percentage that investors are acquiring. So it's hard for founders to calculate their dilution. The answer to the question, how much of the company are we selling, depends on a recursive loop of how much was raised through other original saves, plus hypothetical assumptions about the Series A option pool increase that would be negotiated later. These unknowable elements meant that the founders might intend to sell around X percent of their company, but often ended up selling a lot more than they initially planned. Fast forward to 2018, YC introduced a post-money safe in response to the evolution of safe financings into independent seed rounds capable of providing multi-year runways. The post-money safe offers the best way for both companies and investors to understand ownership. For instance, if an investor invested $1 million on a six-money post-money safe, they know that they own 16.6% of the company and founders know that they are selling 16.6% of the company. And we get that number by divide, 1 divided by 6. What do pre-money and post-money mean? There are two aspects to understanding what pre-money and post-money mean. First is valuation, second is capitalization. Uh, In terms of valuation, the terms pre-money and post-money refer to the valuation of the company at different points in time. The pre-money valuation is the company's worth immediately before it receives an investment while the post-money valuation refers to its value immediately after the investment is made. For instance, if I'm saying that a company is raising $2 million at a $10 million pre-money valuation, it essentially means the same thing as saying I'm raising $2 million at a $12 million post-money valuation. You just add the amount of the investment. Um, in our example, you add 2 million to 10 and you get 12 post money. So that is pretty easy. Uh, a more complicated part and very important part that differentiates pre-money and post-money safe, and that's exactly how you would know when you see a safe, whether that's pre-money or post-money. It's the capitalization. So the terms pre-money safe and post-money safe refer to the timing of considering the safe money. A pre-money safe is considered before the safe money is factored in, while post-money safe is considered after all of the safe money is accounted for. This distinction is reflected in the definition of capitalization. So when you open two safes, pre-money and post-money, how do you know, is it a pre-money or post-money? You go to the definition of capitalization and you will see that in the pre-money, Safes, convertible notes, and other uh, similar convertibles are excluded. They're not there. Post-money safe, um, you will see that all of the safes are included. And another um, thing that will signal you, okay, this is pre-money, this is post-money, is the option pool increase. In the pre-money, option pool increase is included. It's inside. In the post-money safe, it's excluded. It's not there. Another question that you might have is how to calculate investors' shares under the post-money safe and pre-money safe. Is there any difference? So in calculation method, there is no difference 
for um, each safe, we apply the same method. So for example, if the valuation cap applies, the price per share for the safe investor equals the valuation cap, either pre or post money, divided by the company capitalization. So in simple terms, you take the value of the company, divide by the total number of shares, and you get the price per share. Um, and then you take that price per share and you divide the investment amount by the price per share. And that's how you get the number of shares that the safe investor would get. So as you see, the formula, the calculation method is the same. The difference between the pre and post money safe share calculation lies in which securities are included in the company capitalization. As we just discussed, the difference between pre-money safe and post-money safe is in the definition of company capitalization. And let me reiterate it one more time because it's important. Pre-money safe includes pool increase, option pool increase, and excludes all of the saves, convertible notes, and other convertible and other convertibles. And it's absolutely the opposite situation with post-money safe when the option pool increase is excluded, but all of the saves are included. So now we got out of the way all of the details. You have a good understanding of the difference between pre-money and post-money safe. And you might ask, Christina, what is better? What should I be using? What, what is the bottom line? So... Generally, post-money safe offers more clarity regarding how much of the company um, an investor will ultimately own because it includes the conversion of the safes in the equity calculation. So I personally like post-money safe uh, better and that's why many investors and founders prefer post-money safe because in a pre-money safe, as we just discussed, the definition of company capitalization doesn't include safes. So with pre-money, it's challenging to determine how much you own, how much you sell, because it will depend on the total funds to be raised in safes and the increase in the option pool. And let's take an example so you can see how the percentage would change depending on how much um, the company raised in safes. Suppose from the investor perspective, and if you're a founder, you can, uh, you can understand it affects you that if an investor doesn't know how much of the company they're buying, you essentially don't know how much of the company you are selling. So suppose an investor, you invest 500K in a startup at a $4.5 million pre-money valuation. So how much of the, what is the percentage of the company you are buying? Um, 10%, right? You take $4.5 million plus 500K, so it's 5 million, and then you def divide 500K, the investment amount, by $5 million, so you get 10%. So easy. We get 10%, right? But no, uh, this might actually be not accurate. Um, if, for example, the company subsequently raises an additional $1.5 million on the same terms after that 500K investment, the total implied ownership would be not 10%, but, but 7. Um, you take 4.5 million, you add 500k, you add 1.5 million, so we get 6.5 million dollars, right? And we divide that initial investment, 500k, by, by um, 6.5 million dollars, so it's 7%. So initially you thought you got 10%, but it's actually 7%. And each of these numbers would also um, 
be adjusted based on the size of the option pool um, and any increase in the option pool in connection with the Series A round. So as a result, post money sales tend to be more popular due to their transparency and predictability in terms of dilution and investor ownership stakes. Another question founders frequently ask me is, does a pre-money safe result in less dilution for founders? And the answer is not necessarily. So the level of dilution a founder experiences under pre-money safe can vary based on a number of factors, including the number and size of the funding rounds that occur before a priced equity round. Here are a couple of scenarios to illustrate this point. So if you have a single round of safe financing, if there is only a single round of safe financing followed immediately by a priced uh, round, a pre-money safe indeed could potentially result in less dilution for founders. This is because the safe investors would be diluting each other as well as the founders. So for example, if two safe investors each believe they are getting 10% of the company, like in our example uh, before, but the investments are made at different times, the later investor is also diluting the early investor and each ends up with less than 10%. In another case scenario, when there are multiple rounds of safe financing, if there are multiple rounds of safe financing that occur before a priced equity round, the overall dilution to the founders could actually be higher with a pre-money safe. This is because each safe round dilutes the ones before it. As such, founders could end up with a smaller percentage of the company that they had anticipated. In contrast, post-money safes includes all of the safes as part of the company's capitalization upon issuance, which results in dilution for the founders only. As a result, founders will have a clear understanding of how much of the company they will own after each safe round. To summarize everything, while a pre-money safe might seem initially like it would result in less dilution for founders, it can actually lead to more dilution if there are multiple safe financing rounds. On the other hand, while a post-money safe leads to more immediate dilution for founders, it provides more predictability and transparency about the extent of that dilution. What factors affect dilution? Founder dilution is one of the most important things that founders need to think about when they negotiate um, during fundraising. So two main factors that significantly affect dilution for a founder. First, the amount of capital raised, and second, the valuation cap. So let's take simple examples here. So if a founder raises 500K on a 5 million post-money valuation, they would be selling 10% of their company, right? 500K divided by 5 million, 10%. However, if you raise 1 million on the same 5 million post money, you're selling 20% of your company, 1 divided by 5. Uh, the same applies to valuation cap. The higher the valuation cap, the less dilution. For example, if you're raising a million uh, on 10 million valuation cap, you're selling 10% as opposed to selling 20% when you're raising 1 million on 5 million uh, post money valuation. 
So honestly, there is no magic trick to lower founder dilution. The only options are to raise less capital or to negotiate a higher valuation. Another question is how to determine a valuation cap, right? Like we just discussed. Um, the higher the valuation cap, less dilution, can't we have um, high valuation all the time? Value in a startup is honestly more of an art than science and is often driven by demand. In essence, startups are worth what investors are willing to pay. While there are some general guidelines, the valuation cap should be determined based on how much money a startup is raising and the agreed upon dilution. So typical dilution ranges from 10-20% for seed stages, slightly lower for Series A, which hovers around 10-15%. For instance, if a founder is raising 1 million for 15% of the company, this implies a post-money valuation cap of approximately $6.7 million. You divide one by 15%, with a pre-money valuation cap of around $5.7 million. So you deduct that $1 million million that you're raising from $6.7 million. Okay, now let's talk about other flavors of safes. In addition to understanding the differences between pre-money and post-money safes, I want you to know other types of safes um, so you're aware when you negotiate. Four things, four types. First is discount-only safe. This type of safe includes only a discount rate, typically between 10-25%. The discount rate is the percentage by by which the price per share that the safe converts um, into is discounted compared to the price the price round investors are paying. For example, if the Series A price per share is $1 and the safe investors with a 20% discount rate, they will convert the investment into stock at 0.8 per share. It makes sense. $1 minus 20%, uh, $0.80. The second type of safe is valuation cap only safe. This type of safe only has a valuation cap. That's why it's called valuation cap only. So, for example, if the valuation cap is set at $10 million and the next priced round is a Series A with a post-money valuation cap of $20 million, the valuation cap only safe investors, they will convert the investment based on the $10 million valuation. So they essentially get in 50% discount. The third type of safes is valuation cap and discount. So we just discussed discount, valuation, and there is this type of safe that has it both. So some safes have both a valuation cap and a discount rate, in which case the safe investor only converts under the provision that results in the greatest discount for the investor. So you don't get both as an investor. You don't get both the valuation cap and a discount. You choose Uh, whichever results in a high discount for you, whichever is better for you. Uh, This type of safe is relatively rare, to be honest. And the last type is most favored nation safe, is MFN. This form of safe may be used when the company and the investor want to postpone agreeing on uh, conversion terms, knowing that the company is highly likely to set those terms with a future safe investor. So this version of SAFE stipulates that if future SAFE investors receive better terms, 
like valuation cap or larger discounts, the MFN safe holders have the option of receiving those same terms. Perfecto. So we got safes out of the way. We know pre-money, post-money, valuation cap, discount only, both discount, valuation, MFN safe, founder dilution, valuation cap. You got it all. I trust in you. I trust in you. Now let's talk about side letters because frequently in a safe financing, you not only have just a safe, but you have a side letter. And let's talk about pro rata rights, major investor rights, and information rights. Usually those rights, they get negotiated um, and uh, memorialized in side letters. So let's start with pro rata rights. Should you give them, should you not? So the pre-money safe inherently included pro rata rights and still include um, uh, in the structure. While post-money safe forms offer an optional side letter. For instance, if the original safe converted in series A, pro rata rights would apply to series B in their original safe. And honestly, that's not the intent of investors. They want to get their pro rata in the first round at least. So in contrast, the pro rata side letter um, um, that goes together with a post money safe, it applies to the round in which the safe converts, first priced equity round. And the usage of the side letter remains optional. Prorata side letters are commonly used, but it's important to really think about it as a founder, weighing the benefits from both sides. And let's talk about founder and investor perspective. So investor perspective, um, an investor, first of all, needs to evaluate whether their strategy and resources make follow-on investments viable and essential. If there is limited or no follow-on activity, the prorata side letter could become an unnecessary negotiation point. And secondly, the investor should consider whether maximizing starting ownership by investing a larger amount at the current prices or negotiating for a lower post-money valuation cap may be more beneficial than seeking follow-on pro rata rights. From the founder perspective, so for highly sought-after startups, like hot startups, right, pro rata is a significant right that should not be easily considered. Um, the problem, you don't know whether you're a hot startup or you will be a hot startup. And if, if, you, if you are a hot startup, you will likely have a tight round in which you want to include investors that bring more value than merely capital and network. If existing investors with pro rata rights are already involved, space for the new participants for new investors may be limited. That's, way, uh, that's when you may spend substantial time persuading existing investors with pro rata rights to waive those rights. From their point of view, they might argue that waiving such rights could be um, a breach of fiduciary duties they owe to their limited partners, LPs, or investors. So for startups that aren't as popular, the prospect of um, existing investors continuing to invest may appear attractive. It's appealing, right? However, it's crucial to remember that these investors are not obligated to invest. They rather have an option to invest. So you can force them to exercise their pro rata rights. And also, you can predict when your startup may become the next hot thing. 
Therefore, I advise to maintain good corporate governance and grant those prorata rights to investors based on their investment amount. For example, you can consider setting a threshold for a major investor status. If they invest at least 20-30% of the round or more, then they get prorata and information rights, but solely when they invest at least that amount. Now let's take a step back and talk about the difference between safes, convertible notes, and priced equity round. What is better? So some investors, they actually dislike safes. You might ask, why? (laughs) That's so amazing, it's cheap and fast. Because there is a potential risk for an investor that a safe may never convert into equity if the company never does an equity financing or doesn't get acquired. In that event, or doesn't go public. In those events, investors don't convert, they lose their investment. Um, If the company gets dissolved, the safe holders are entitled to repayment, but the repayment is unlikely because it is unlikely that the company will have any significant assets left to repay to the safe holders under those circumstances. That's why investors uh, sometimes dislike safes. Okay, what is left? Priced equity round. Um, and frequently, both founders and investors, they prefer a priced equity round. Uh, on the flip side, it's more expensive. It starts at around 15, 20K, at least at a minimum. And it takes, you know, at a minimum three, four weeks to close a priced equity round. While safes, you can do it for, I don't know, $2,000 and you can do it in a, in a matter of days. Uh, but I do see that uh, founders, they do, you know, 500K pre-seed rounds and two, uh, and $2 million safe rounds. So it kind of doesn't make sense, which suggests that the choice between a safe financing or priced equity round really depends on who has leverage. Investors, they usually prefer priced equity rounds and founders, they favor safes because of the cost effectiveness and speed. And investors prefer priced equity round because they get, uh, they know exactly how much are they buying. Although with post money safe, they also know the ownership percentage, but they also get additional rights such as uh, veto rights, board seat, and so on and so forth. So there is also an advantage for founders to conduct an equity round to avoid giving uh, away more equity than intended. For example, if you raise an equity round at a 10 million pre-money valuation, but your saves have a 3 million cap. Uh, Guess what is the discount for safe holders? They just got 70% discount. And unless agreed upon upfront, the safe holders will receive a larger ownership stake for the dollars invested and a liquidation preference. That significantly exceeds the dollars invested if if the saves convert in that 10 million uh, valuation round. And just FYI, liquidation preference is just a fancy way of saying that investors get paid in m and transaction when the company gets acquired uh, before common holders, uh, before founders, employees, um, before they get anything. So for instance, if the new investors are paying um, $1 per share, your safe holders are paying only 30 cents per share for something that has a $1 share preference value. 
So if you have sold 50, um, uh, 500K in safes, your safe holders just acquired 1.67, 1,670,000 uh, shares and an associated 1.67 million in preference. So there are pros and cons for priced round versus safes, but it is advantageous for founders and investors. And the only disadvantage that I see is the price and the speed. What about convertible notes? Are those better? So for companies, safes are actually considered more advantageous because unlike convertible notes, safes do not have an expiration or maturity date, thereby eliminating the need for extension and renegotiation at the end of the maturity period. For investors, on the other hand, convertible notes are generally considered more advantageous because as debt instruments, they provide additional protection to the holder compared to an equity holder. Convertible notes uh, share the same disadvantages compared to a priced round, just as saves do, as explained um, uh, previously. Another question that I frequently get asked, how much can a startup raise via saves? So as I just mentioned, some startups, they do 500K priced equity rounds and st some startups, they raise $2 million via saves. So generally, I, I see the startups raising anything up to $2 million um, via saves. However, keep in mind that raising more than the post money valuation cap can result in negative ownership for founders. Let's take an example. If the founders own 100% of the company before using the post money safe and they raise money using a safe with uh, post money uh, valuation cap of $5 million, they would sell 10% of the company if they raise 500K. You take 500K, divide by 5 million, you get 10%. But they will sell 50% if they raise $2.5 million and they will sell 100% if they raise full $5 million. Also remember that there can be uh, even more dilution for founders in the scenario where the valuation of the equity financing is lower than the safe's post-money valuation cap, although this scenario is highly unlikely. Now let's talk about preparation for safe financing. How do you prepare? Here are a couple of steps you can take to ensure a smooth and fast fundraising process. Six steps. First is data room. Prepare a data room with all of the corporate documents so you're ready for investor due diligence. And I have a link to a free data room checklist on my uh, TikTok. Go there, uh, click stand store and download it. Uh, second step is fundraising target range. Come up with a target range for your fundraise, such as 500K, $2 million, whatever. But be prepared to answer questions like, how much money are you seeking? What will it be used for? And how long will this funding last? Third step is pitch deck. You need to prepare a pitch deck to be ready for presentation to angel investors and venture funds. And uh, on my sub stack, uh, I share five elements that a pitch deck of an early stage startup should have. 
and it's team, problem, solution, market, and traction. Check it out in more detail. Fourth element is issuing promised awards. Please, 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 for the love of God, issue all of the promised equity awards to service providers. Because once you get a term sheet, it's best to pause the uh, the issuance of equity awards. Depending on how much you're raising, the safe financing can be considered a material event, which means you can no longer use your current 409A valuation price to issue equity awards. And as a result, you won't know the price per share, or in the case of stock options, the exercise price to grant the awards. And if you don't know the price, guess what? You cannot grant those uh, awards. And after the financing, it's likely that the price per share would be higher. So the out-of-pocket expenses of your service providers will increase. So please, for the love of your service providers, issue those promised awards before you start pitching because you never know when you're going to get a term sheet. But once you got it, that's when you might not be able to issue equity awards anymore. So the data room, fundraising target range, pitch deck, promised awards. The fifth um, step is the safe, the form itself, and the board consent. I highly recommend having a lawyer prepare a form of the safe and a board consent to approve the same fi- the safe financing. It's crucial for the company's board of directors to approve the maximum safe financing amount and also approve the specific form of the safe that will be used. We just discussed that, pre-money or post-money, um, discount only or valuation cap only safe, or discount and valuation cap, or MFN safe. You need to um, approve that form. And I recommend to have the safe draft ready to send to investors for execution to avoid a situation where various investors send you their safe forms and dictate the terms of the financing. Safe financings, as I mentioned, are not that expensive. I generally spend three, four hours, so I charge I don't know, 15, 100, 2000 if everything is standard and if I'm the one who is drafting the safe and the board consent. However, if every investor uses in, investing 50k in your 1 million round and every investor uses their own form and many VC funds unfortunately do, it would take much longer to negotiate each individual safe. You wanna start proactively sharing your draft of the safe so you kind of Uh, dictate the terms of the financing and also it's much easier to track all of those saves if you use the same form and if you want to give additional rights you can use side letters but keep your uh, the form of your safe as standard as possible across all of the investors and the last step is compliance with securities laws and regulations so after securing safe financing you'll need to consider compliance with federal and state securities laws and regulations. And in that case, you should file Form D with the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, SEC, within 15 days after the first sale um, of your safe. And then blue sky filings in each state where your investors reside. Practical note. So practically speaking, some startups, they opt to defer these filings. They just simply don't do them until after the priced equity round. I've seen it many times and, you know, it's not um, by the letter of the law, but this choice depends on your level of risk aversion.
And the last point is where do you take a form of safe? You can go to Y uh, Combinator website. They have only post money safe and side letter. But also you can go to Cooley Go Generator, which has um, both pre-money and post-money safe. And overall, as a side note, big law firms like Cooley, Auric, they provide great templates for startups on their website. So take advantage of those as opposed to using random templates from random lawyers, from Rocket Lawyer or something like that. Um, so if you need a safe, you can use both Y Combinator website and uh, Cooley Go Generator. And which form to use, as I mentioned before, post money safe is uh, more common because it provides clarity in terms of ownership. As an investor, you know how much, what is the percentage of the company you're buying. As a founder, you know what is the percentage of the company you are selling. And then valuation cap discount, it depends on you. I usually, um, I see a lot of valuation cap safes and a lot of discount safes. Let's summarize everything that we just discussed. Um, so a safe, it's a simple agreement for future equity introduced by Y Combinator in 2013. When uh, we had pre-money safe in 2018, we got post-money safe. Post-money safe is one of the most popular instruments to fundraise super quickly. It converts into equity. So it's not, um, uh, it's not equity, it's equity instrument. It converts into the shares if uh, the company conducts equity financing or uh, acquires or gets gets acquired or goes public uh, if it liquidates oh well it doesn't convert we have pre-money post-money safe to know the difference go to the capitalization definition and see uh, if the safes are included it means that that's post-money safe if the safes are excluded it means it's pre-money safe an additional point is the option pool. In the post money, it's excluded. In the pre money, it's included. Also, there are different flavors of safes, such as discount only safe, valuation cap only safe, valuation cap and discount, and uh, most favored nation safe. In addition to a safe, you can have a side letter with prorata rights, with information rights, and overall, look at this um, at the safe instrument as part of as one of the instruments you can use to fundraise there are also convertible notes and there are there is also priced equity round and choice depends on you convertible notes are preferred by investors um, um, if we compare convertible note in a safe but in general investors do prefer priced equity rounds to get additional rights and to know um, exactly uh, the percentage of the company that they're buying. And in order to prepare for safe fundraising, don't forget to have the data room, fundraising target amount, pitch deck, issue promised awards, um, have a form of a safe ready, get the board consent, and don't forget to comply with securities laws and regulations post-financing. And a little disclaimer, please note that the information provided here is for informational purposes only and should not be considered 
as legal or tax advice. It's essential to consult with a tax advisor or legal expert to understand the specific details and applicability of this information to your situation.